Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. It's a Wednesday, and here we are. It is Pride Month. Pride Month. And we are here with the amazing Taylor Strecker. Yes, we met Taylor a long time ago when you first got on Housewives, and we went on Taylor's radio show. And she has her own podcast, Taste of Taylor. She does. She has um, a Patreon radio show, a two-hour radio show every day. She was on Sirius for a long time, and was fired, literally fired. And that was a very hard hump for her to get over. And Their loss, our game. Exactly. And since then, she's risen like a phoenix from the flames and left a husband and fallen in love with a woman. Yes. Another Taylor. So it's Taylor Squared. Taylor Squared. Taylor Squared. And so, we are so here for it because we love them both. Yes. I lo- I mean, if you get a double dose of Taylor, you don't even know how excited it is. Oh, they should have a show to get the double dose of Taylor. I'm telling you guys, I am so freaking tired. It's not even funny. Oh, but she's going to perk me up. Yes. Hey, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Guys, what's going on? So nice to see you. You too. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Caviar Dreamers, I'm so excited. We're here with Taylor Strecker. We are. We're very lucky. Thank you for dialing in from LA. We know you're a busy girl, jet setting all over. I know. Hi, guys. Hi. 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 Hey. She's a superstar. (laughs) She is. Has her own podcast. That's right. Well, multiple now because we even have subscribers that listen now through Patreon also for a two-hour daily show. Yes, 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 yes. I do all the talking. It's 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 a lot of hours of talking. So the Taylor Strecker Show on Patreon. Show. Yep. Yeah. The Taylor Strecker Show, patreon.com slash Taylor Strecker Show. That's Monday through Friday, two hours every single day. Um, rotation of co-hosts. It's like, it's so fun, but so much talking. And then live, every- or Is that live or pre-recorded? So it used to be live. And then with the pandemic, we had to obviously do like pre-record. So I used to have five co-hosts, but during the pandemic, I was like, rather than two, one person for two hours, I'll do 
like two people for one hour. So now we went from five co-hosts to 10 co-hosts, but everyone's like regular. Everyone's like on their specific day, specific time. Um, so it's no longer live, but it's still, we don't like edit. It's very much live to tape. So it's like the same vibe basically. Oh, I absolutely love that. That's so good. So, I mean, we have a lot to talk about because you're a self-made woman. Thank You've you. like changed your life over yeah. Where, yeah. from where yeah. you started. You're engaged to like another tailor who we yes. absolutely love. And I mean, but you, you did start off being married to a man. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I actually know someone from our area, but yeah. we're not going to talk about that. But yep. it's just like, I mean, I just have so many questions because like you reinvented yourself from Sirius Radio, but I just have so much to unravel. So I mean, I'm an open book. I, you literally can ask me anything. I will never get offended. I am like verbal diarrhea. Go. I'll answer it all. Go ahead. Uh, I love, especially for you, that your comeback was definitely stronger than the setback. Because I remember when we first met, you told yes. us about when your time at Sirius was over and you were like, and then my life was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was so that resonated so much with me. So yeah. tell us about that part of your life. Yes. Cause I'm sure that was like very upsetting. Cause it's like you getting on serious radio was like such a big fucking deal. And then it's like, yeah, totally. And also like, so I got on the, the, the thing was I got on serious radio, like right out of college. Like I probably worked in advertising for like maybe six months. And then I got this like out of left field. My best friend, she's still at serious Nicole Ryan. She's on hits one. She was the receptionist receptionist at Sirius. So I got into Sirius through her. Somebody met me at a party that she brought me to. They actually, we were supposed to do the show together. And then she said something in like one of our auditions that like the editor in chief of Cosmo just like didn't like. And so like we were supposed to launch it together and then I ended up getting it and she didn't, whatever, she's fine now. She's on the morning um, uh, hits one uh, morning mashup. But basically it kind of was like, I appreciate it because when I was younger, I did like theater and I sang and I acted. So I understood what it felt like to audition, but like this kind of was like, fell in our lap, you know? So I was so appreciative, but it really, it, I didn't have to work that hard to get it. And I could tell that there are people in the industry because radio is like kind of like stand-up comedy. You have to work really, really hard for many years, pull graveyard shifts, like like deal with bullshit to get to the top. So I kind of like cut the line in a mm -hmm. way. Yes. And so I feel like there are people that were probably like, she's so young, she's unappreciative, she doesn't deserve it. Um, so I did like Sometimes I felt like I was on borrowed time already. Do you know what I mean? Yes, of course. Well, you yeah. had like a, you almost had like a guilt. I did. And definite imposter a success syndrome. guilt, which is crazy. I know. Well, it's, so many women, you did spot. deserve that spot, but so many women and men who are successful mm -hmm. have imposter syndrome. Totally. So I like, I kind of felt like I was on borrowed time, but then I also felt like, well, I've always wanted to entertain. So like, I'm not surprised that I ended up in this spot. And then I also was like looking up to Howard Stern. So it's like, I saw both ends of the spectrum. Like I had the perspective that I was so lucky to be where I was, but then it was like, well, what's the next level? It's to be like Howard, but that's the thing too, when you kind of, I'm going to just say like, maybe cut the line whether you mean to or not in your career is that it gives you a massive advantage in a certain direction but at the same time it also like how do i explain this it's like it, like you're, it sets unrealistic goals you know because it was like it's scary like, also yes and it's like you're you you start off so high so there's like when you start off that high that there's so much further to fall um Yes. And so I just remember feeling like I was destined like to like make what Howard made. But then it was like, when you start on serious and you're so young, like 
I like how old were you? I just don't want you to know how old you were. I was 20. God, I think I was like 22 or 23. Oh my God. That is so young. And to do a national syndicated radio show. But the thing is when you're in radio and you're syndicated, you're making motherfucking bank, but it's serious it was technically like free syndication. So it was like, there we, we were, I, I was like in an industry that existed with completely brand new rules. So it looked like I was so successful. And it was like in terms of bragging rights and the resume builder, but financially, oh, I mean, I was not, it, trust me, it looked a lot more lucrative. I know, yes, I know what you're saying. I understand. And fabulous than it was. So it was a major setback, but in a crazy way, it was like, well, I was already at a ceiling financially at this company and I was barely making six figures barely in a morning radio slot people think you're making millions I know I know people are delusional they think everybody's yes totally it couldn't be further from the truth so in a way like it was I was so ashamed to be fired it was so public it was so embarrassing but at the same time I was like thank god they did what I didn't have the balls to do I couldn't leave the facade but when I did it was like and people are like it's so amazing that you made more money it was like well honey like a million times zero is still zero like I mean I only had like I had no place to go but up thank god so while it was really embarrassing and really really hard I you know it forced me to be a business owner at a very young age and um but I was there there for how long are you there for I was there for about 11 years. So I was in my mid thirties. A long time. A long run. A really long run. A really long run. That's a big success though, but that's a long time to be anywhere. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, it's funny because like, I know it was, I know that it like, it was successful. I mean, that that was an amazing, that was a major gig to get, but you know, I don't know. I think I'm so, it's funny when, like life hands you these awful scenarios and you're like, this is the end. I can't believe it. I've worked so hard. And then you're in the new thing. And you're like, thank God that happened. Cause yes. I would be, I mean, I didn't even understand the potential I had in terms of like financial independence and like success potentially. And it was like the greatest gift ever for me to stop working at Sirius. Cause I would have stayed there forever, forever. Of course. Of course. Yes. I know. And I think radios like that. People do stay that forever. They do. That's the thing with radio. There is longevity to it. But now that we're in this like new world of podcasting, there is longevity. It just like, I I actually, I think the world is so much better now for audio people because radio was limited, limiting. There's only literally so many time slots in any given day and on any given channel. So, I mean, it was very like, you know, very limiting. And then I feel like basically, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, Anyone can do it now, but like you're also, when it comes to podcasting, your own, your own business owner to some degree. At radio, you're being plucked for a job that they need to fill the time slot for. Yes. And so like, there's no like equity in it, essentially. It's like you're an employee, whereas with podcasting, you're automatically a business partner in some capacity. Yes. Whatever, this, whatever the percentage split, you are somewhat equitably involved in that business. And that is so important. So what, right after you left series, how long did it take you to start your podcast? So Sirius was going to have me contractually. They had me to non-compete for a year, which meant I couldn't do anything in the audio atmosphere for an entire year, which is like, you know what? If I quit, I understand that non-compete, but if you deem me not worthy or invaluable, get 
get the fuck out of here with the non-compete. So luckily I had great lawyers. So we were able to take a one year non-compete down to like three months. So the second my non-compete was up, I was, I was back on the radio waves. Cause like, that was the hardest thing for me was the interim between when I had to stay silent. I couldn't tell my side of the story. I couldn't even like, I couldn't say a word because when you're, in legal situations, you like you have to stay silent. You just no. I listen. Yeah. I've been in other legal situations. I know, and we can't understand the story. It's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. It is. So the second I was able to work again, I like hit the ground running, and I, I literally watched Moana every single day, like ten times a day, like throughout those three months that I was like fired and couldn't talk. Like my fiance Taylor, she would be like honey, you have to stop watching Moana. And then she would like <laughs> go I, into the shower and I would, and she would hear like, you know, hey, Moana. And she's like, she's watching it again. I can't believe it. I will never not encourage watching Moana. She's the most fearless, badass yes. babe ever. And Disney I, should make more well, movies like You know that. what? I've only watched it once. Should I start watching it more Yeah, I've often? watched it yes. a thousand times because I have a lot of kids in the house. But yes, she is the best. That's inspirational though. Right? I know. Well, it's like a movie about, I mean, it's about female empowerment. I needed all yes. the Disney pure female empowerment I could get at that moment in time. But um, yeah, it was hard. I mean, I now in retrospect, I'm like, I was fine. It was three months. No big deal. I was so depressed. I like, you know, I really, my Taylor reminds me of it, but like now it's a distant memory, but oh my God. I mean, I was like inconsolable. Let me ask you a personal question. Was it harder to leave serious or your first marriage? Oh my God. It was harder to leave serious. I know it is. People don't realize, I think, how hard it is with women who have a big career and, you know, because you work so hard on building that up. Yep. You know what it was too? It was my identity. It is. It becomes your identity. Yeah, totally. My job was my identity. And also, to be fair, Sirius broke up with me, right? Sirius rejected me, whereas I, I mean, my, I call him husband. After a few days after, (laughs) that's a great word, by the way. Thank you. I actually, I was interviewing. You have to trademark that. I know, but the thing is, I was interviewing somebody at Sirius and she had it in her book. And I was like, I'm going to steal this from you, but like, I'm acknowledging it. And she was like, oh my God, please spread it around. But now I feel like I can't trademark it because, and I, and I don't know how to get in touch with her. I like forget her name. Um, Oh my God. The husband. I love that. The husband. But basically um, with him, I was the one that ultimately ended it, even though he came to me like a few days later and he said to me, thank you for doing what I didn't have the courage to do, which was like such an amazing thing to hear. Cause I knew like it was the best thing for both of us. Yeah, for both but, of you. But I do think because I ultimately chose to break up that, that was, that was my decision to end it. Um, I think that's probably why serious hurt more too. Cause when you're rejected, it's like the worst feeling in the world when you're, it's not your choice whatsoever, you know? No, um, of course. But more so it had to do with my identity. And also let's not forget, I was like a newly divorced, freshly like out lesbian. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to support myself? Like that was the scariest shit in the world. Cause I remember when it came out to my parents, they were, their number one concern was like financial stability. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and I mean, this is really old school and kind of fucked up, but like in my parents are the best and they adore Taylor and they're so happy that we're together. Like we're actually having our wedding at their house. Like they are so on so board. Great. They're yes. the best. But you know, my, when I first came out, I think they were worried because in their minds, it was like very heteronormative. Like mom stays at home and she raises the kid. Dad's a breadwinner. So it's like, well, who's going to support you if you're a lesbian, you know? <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> who's going to support you? But the sad thing is also... 
female salaries are lower. There is like a lot of work still to do. So it, it isn't fair that two female salaries don't equate to a heteronormal salary package. It's like that's true. Up. Yeah, it is it's fucked true. up. It absolutely is. But it's also, there's also no guarantees in life that, you know, your husband, you know, if it was heteronormal, is always mm-hmm. going to support you. True. I mean, I that's got divorced and I had to freaking pay alimony. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. Oh my God. For some reason that makes me so mad. But like if a woman got alimony, I'd be like, totally deserved it. That's so I know, exactly. terrible. I shouldn't but, say well, that. You know why it only made me mad is because I'm also 20 years younger. Right. Right. And I oh, was double like, whammy. this is totally fucked up. How did I get roped into this situation? <laughs> you know, I was just like, I came from, you know, nothing. I married an older guy, you know, all this stuff. And then I get roped into the alimony, no less. Unbelievable. It is. You worked the whole time. Yeah, I worked the whole time we were married. I was like, I'm going to shoot myself right now. I mean, I swear. It's just like I get it from, I feel like I get it from every angle. But, you know, that made sense. I mean, my business took off. He retired and that's what it was. I mean, so what was I going to do? But it Uh, is what it is. It was, it was fine. At the time I could pay it. Right. So it was okay. Which is like, which is also so badass too. Like you're such a boss bitch that you're like older soon to be ex-husband is now like going to like tap into your wallet because that's how well you're doing. I mean, yeah, I know I, was, I, was, I had quite a few good years. I mean, you know, then, and by the way, when I hit the skids a little bit for a little while, he took a break, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. He that did. Good. Yeah. He was mad about it. And he was like, all right, I'll take a break. I'll get you on the rebound. <laughs> I'll, get you on, I'll, get, I'll get you on the upswing. <laughs> I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, yeah, I'll, right? I'll see you on the flip side. I'm very excited that her story is with Mother's Fraud Podcast this week because I really love it. I use Hair Story. And by the way, Hair Story is a very unique type of shampoo. It's unique hair products. And I've been obsessed that before they even started sponsoring our podcast. So I'm just saying that right now. Yeah. It's a shampoo. It looks like a conditioner, but it cleans your hair. It does not dry it out. I scrub it into my little head with like this like weird little brush thing they send you, but it's, it's absolutely, yeah, it's a scalp brush. It's absolutely amazing. It does not strip your hair of all the natural oils that it needs, and it makes it smooth and shiny and fabulous. Yeah, you turned me on to it, actually, because you were using some of their other products to the hair powder, yep. and your roots didn't look as bad as mine, yep. and it was because you were using the hair powder, yep. and it, it had was powder. Lifting. But I really like it, as well as the fact that it has no sulfates, no detergents, it's really good for your hair. I like that it's just one bottle in my shower because I cannot stand a mess and a thousand bottles on the floor of my shower. Yeah, you don't need conditioner. No, I've cut it down to just one hair story and I use the new wash. Yeah, I started the new wash. At first I did deep cleanse, so I, I alternate. But bottom line, doesn't strip your color either and you and I are both platinum blonde, so we're really yeah. picky. Yeah, you have to be. And it was created by the founders of Bumble and Bumble. It's sick. It's amazing. I'm not even kidding. Guys, it's so good because listen, when you have really bleach blonde hair, like Lexi and I, the double mint twins, (laughs) your hair could be dry little locks and I could look like a chicken head, but not anymore. (laughs) Chicken, chicken little over that. Yeah. They call me chicken little in the office, but not anymore. Not anymore. So everyone check out hair story at hairstory.com and use our promo code to get 15% of your first purchase. And the promo code is caviar. That's hairstory.com and use our code caviar to get 15% off hairstory.com. So tell, tell me like with the Taylor Strecker podcast, it's like, so when you were like trying, you know, going out there to build it up, were you just like, I'm just going to talk about everything I just really want to talk about. 
I want, what kind of, like, what was the, what kind of things did you want? I mean, obviously it's evolved and stuff like that. It's so great. I've been on your show and, and it's so interesting and you're just so raw and real, but just like when you were on there where you're like, has it changed from what you wanted it to be originally, or this is exactly what you wanted it to be? So what happened was when I was at Sirius, so I originally started with Cosmo Magazine Radio, right? So yes. obviously we were on brand, but they wanted, like, the host had to be um, living the brand. But I will say this, when we first started Cosmo, they kind of wanted it. They just didn't, like, fully get it. Like, when you're in print, it's so controlled, and audio is so the opposite. Yes. Yes. And they were kind of like, no, 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 like, uh, like read the magazine. And we're like, guys, you come out with a magazine once a month. We're on for four hours, Monday through Friday. Like, that's not going to fly. Like, we're going to be done in like, like half the show. So they had to start really trusting us to like be living the brand. And so, but, but I mean, we, we would have like a lot of guests on. We would have like a lot of editors. So it was like heavily produced and like heavily branded. Um, and I remember I had a co-host that was on with me and she was like the fucking, like captain know-it-all. It was like, and I'm oh. like a total dummy. Like I have a ridiculously high emotional IQ. I'm like an emotional genius, yeah. but I am like, I don't know trivia. I don't know shit. I don't know geography. I don't know history. I barely know pop culture. Yeah, I always no, say I'm, 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 very bad. I'm very bad with history myself. <laughs> horrible, geography, horrible, horrible. So she so was always like. She was always like, Taylor, that's wrong. Taylor, that's wrong. And I was like, God damn it. And she was right. I was wrong. But I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like you're ruining my fun and my flow. Like, yes, exactly. to be like she kept like, correcting you on air. Yeah, that's so Jeopardy. Like, yeah, no. come on. So I was like, what can I talk about that she doesn't know better than me? And I was like, me. That's it. My life. So I started to really bring myself into the show just for survival, truthfully. And Cosmo at first was like, no, no, no. She All she does is talk about herself. <laughs> but people liked it. That's what but it was. But then the audience really started to like it. And they were like, oh my God, she's like my best friend. Oh my God, she sounds like me or she sounds like my mom. Or it was just like, it became really relatable. And then Cosmo was so cool. And they were like, we actually feel like you're representing us through like just living that Cosmo girl life. And so it really like, that's when I kind of discovered it. And then I always just stuck to it because it just seemed to be what resonated with people. So I always joke. I always like, I'm like, I always wanted to be on reality television and I didn't get on. So I just created reality radio. So that's like always been my tried and true, just like stick to that. And there's been times in life where maybe like things are like going really well or kind of easy. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know if I can be relatable. And then some crazy <laughs> shit will happen. Like I'll get a divorce and then I'll decide that I want to be in a same sex relationship or what have you. Um, and life just is always surprising and shocking and interesting. But like, so that's kind of been like what I feel like I really hit my stride with. And I just like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, play the hit. So it's just like, that's what I've kind of always maintained. But like who I am now is so different from um, who I was five or seven years ago, but like the approach is still the same. Yes, yes. I know. Which because is so you're authentic. You're authentic to who you Thank are. Thank you. Someone hilarious and truly relatable. Thank you. Well, I, I also learned when I was at, um, with Cosmo, I remembered like, I'm not like somebody who loves to talk about sex. It's just like not my thing. In retrospect now, maybe I just was like a closet lesbian and just was, like, <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> But ultimately, I remember one time I was interviewing yeah, the Cosmo's guy. Yeah, all about sex. Oh, all about sex. I was literally on there like, blowjobs are terrible. Like, I hate penises. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I kept my job. So um, there was this guy named, um, he's from, oh, what's that movie? It's the one, um, Princess Bride. Carrie huh? Elways, I think his name is. What's and his name? Carrie Elways, I think. Oh, I he's, yeah, you will do when you see him. 
And so we interviewed him and Cosmo made me ask him this question about sex. And I like didn't want to, but I had to, I was like my yes. job. And he was like, "Ugh, grow up. That's what he said to me. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember thinking when you get in trouble for being you, at least you're like, well, that's me. But when you get in trouble for like being something you're not, you're like, it's not even who I am. It's like the worst feeling in the world. So that's Yes, I agree. Yeah. So being authentic, it's like, it's actually self-protection. Like, I think people are like, wow, it must be really hard to be so authentic and like share all your deepest, darkest secrets. But it's like, that's actually to me easier. Cause at least I, I think know, you're right. Yeah. right? I absolutely agree yeah. with you. It's like, like with my book, they're like, oh my God, how did yeah. that get? Yeah, it was very therapeutic, but it's not like I had any shame or embarrassment. It was yeah. easier to share. I mean, it's painful to relive all that shit, of but course. it's easier to share who you really are and, not, and pretend not to be someone else. That's a really hard job. Well, and also my mom, I love her so much. She's like my literal best friend, but she is a recovering, I always say recovering perfectionist. So when, <laughs> I was, when I was brought up, I had to be like perfect and good and nice. My dad's a doctor in town, like you represent the family. And I'm, I'm a person, I'm flawed. And I felt like it's exhausting to have to be perfect. It's exhausting to have to like always like be the certain image. And it's like, it is so while it's scary to be yourself, it's so liberating because you don't have to think. You just are. You just exist. Mm -hmm. Having it's, to like play play a character is, I mean, it's like creating a prison of your own making. Exactly. You know what I mean? Did you yeah. feel like that, do you mind me asking, in your first marriage, did you feel like you were playing a character or you felt like you were your authentic self and then it's just like you grew into something, the real world? I actually think that, okay, I think that because of my job, God bless Cosmo Radio, God bless Kate White for giving me the opportunity. My job was like, was me getting rid of those shackles of perfectionism. Like my mom used to call me after my show. She, mm -hmm. I remember one time she called me and she was like, your little brother who was like eight at the time, just <laughs> asked if you were a sinner. And I was like, first of all. Okay, that is the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. I was like, first of all. You're a sinner for letting a child listen to Cosmo Magazine Radio. Radio, exactly. <laughs> Second of all, yeah, we're talking about blowjobs. It's my job. But I remember I fought with my mom so much. And I said, mom, my job is not a report card for you. Like, this is who I am. And if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to listen to it. But like, you have such an unfair advantage over different uh, other parents. Like, no one gets as much access to their kids and their brain and their life. Like, it's so, I have no privacy with you. And, but I loved my job so much that I fought so hard. And the hardest thing in the world was like having my mom see like me as a flawed person. So that was what liberated me. And then I just fell deeply in love with my job. And so by the time I met husband, I was like, I am not going to give up this job, which involved me having to be honest mm -hmm. and filterless for anybody. So I actually kind of came in guns blazing into the relationship. And I think that's what he loved the most about me in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, sure. But it's definitely what killed us in the end, you know? I mean, there's a million things, but, like, that was definitely, like, I, like my vibe, my, like, authenticity, my, like, we'll say it like it is and truth tell, <laughs> uh -huh. did not mesh well in that family. That family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand. I understand. Well, I was their worst sure nightmare. Was, and I'm sure it was so, you know, it was, but I'm sure it was so refreshing for him to be with someone like you. I definitely think that that's what attracted him initially. You know, it's like, he, I actually felt like I was uh, like him being with me was like, like an act of rebellion in all, on a lot of different levels. But I feel like I used to say to him, you're, I'm your human shield. Like, <laughs> like this is like, this is your way of saying like, Oh, I don't want to be secretive. Cause like, look at how my wife is, but I'm like, but I'm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> look how my wife is. Exactly. 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 
So tell me, so then you meet Taylor. Yes. Fabulous Taylor, who we love so much. It's just like, so what was it about her? Because I love to hear like a love story. Yeah, and I think you guys have a similar situation because you were friends with Taylor yes. first, right? And you yes. fell in love. Yeah, it was a slow, a slow burn. Slow burn. So I met her, I don't even know the year now, but it was, I met her like maybe four or five months before Wesman and I got separated, which was like, it wasn't like a separation. And then we'll see. It was like separated to get a divorce and let's move this quickly along. Yes. So, um, so she was like a new friend and I was actually making a conscious decision to start creating my own friendships because him and I shared so much of our lives and our social scene. And I just wanted to like when I cut, I want to cut and run, you know? So I was making like very um, deliberate decisions to start relationships with new people. So I met her through work. Um, she was a videographer and photographer and editor. And I hired her because I had a blog and I did video. <laughs> so, um, so that's how we met. And I had no idea she was gay. And I kept trying to set her up with husband's friends, which makes no sense because I was trying to break away from our like social scene, whatever. Yes. But I just thought she was so beautiful and cool and great. And I was like, I want to, like, I really want to, like, cultivate this new girl to be my friend. And our mutual friend was like, stop trying to set her up with men. She's a lesbian. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, mortified that I did that. But then I was like, oh, my God, I'm so cool. This is my first lesbian friend. Like, I am so this mad. This is my first lesbian friend. <laughs> and so we just became really close. And um, she actually, this is so wild she came and stayed. So Wesman and I were at the Soho house in Miami for New Year's Eve. And he invited her to come stay with us. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, that is so crazy. And it was like, you know, when you're in a relationship and you can't stand each other. So you're like constantly trying to be social to like, just like not be alone. Yes. yes. Yeah. Not hang out just with each other. We were there. So like she was over, Stassi was at our apartment shooting a video for my blog. Tay was there shooting it. And Wesman was there just like hanging out because it was a weekend. And we were talking about plans for the holidays. And Taylor Donahue was like, I'm going to be, because she was a nanny at the time. She was like, I'm going to be nannying and be down in this part of Florida. And Wesman was like, he was so friendly like that. He was like, oh my God, you should come for New Year's Eve and stay with us. And I was like looking, I'm like, I don't know her that well. Like, don't invite her. You know, like I'm going to have to babysit this girl. She doesn't know anybody. So she ended up coming for the night and stayed in our room with us. It was so not a porn, but it sounds so, so such a porn. Wait, let me just ask you a question. So like now when you hear her version, was she like, oh my God, I was so into you, like you, Taylor? So she said that she, the second she saw me walk in, like the first time we ever met, she had such a crush on me. But then she saw my ring and was like, oh, she is married to somebody. Yes. And so she said, she, it, like, she was like, oh, she's straight. She's married. Like, that's done. She had like a crush, whatever, whatever. So, but like, I'm telling you that when she was there for New Year's Eve, I was like, this bitch has such a crush on me. And <laughs> I thought it was like so cute and endearing, but like we would go to the bathroom together and it was like packed, packed, packed. So, you know, like girls hold hands to like stay yes, together. Of course. Yeah. Lexi and I take showers together. Yeah, right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. But there was some, the way she was holding my hand, I was like, she has a crush, but I thought it was like sweet. And like mama still got it, you know? I mean, it was, like, <laughs> so no idea that like there was, it would be anything ever there. And like, I remember she made out with some girl that night and I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. My lesbian friend found another lesbian to kiss. Uh, yes. But like, I mean, it was like once like once husband and I were like separated, it was like then it was then it was so fast. It was like I was spending all my time with her and her friends. And I had seen her like as a friend. It was just like one day just snapped. It was so bizarre. And I remember just thinking, 
maybe this, I'm just like newly divorced or like newly separated, just like wanting to like be wild. And like, wouldn't it be fun to make out with a girl? Like she's like so sexy and I like her vibe, but I was just like, I just like want to make out with her once. I think it would be so fun. Um, but like I had seen her kiss girls before as my friend. And so, and I just thought that was sweet, but there was one time we were together and I saw her kiss this girl and I got insanely jealous. Wow. Insanely. And so, and like, listen, when I got separated, I was drunk, like constantly. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, maybe you're just like a, you're just being a drunk person, you know, like, like, like wait on this. But then a couple more times I, it happened. And I said to her, you know what? I actually have to tell you, like, I have a crush on you. I think we should like totally just make out one, but that'd be funsies. And she was like, (laughs) (laughs) she was like, no, you're straight. And and, like in the middle of a separation and like, I'm such a good friend to you and you rely on me so heavily now. And she's like, whenever I hook up with girls, I lose interest immediately. So like, I think it's a terrible idea. And she's like, also, I don't want to be like your experiment. Like our relationship is deeper than that. And I was like, okay, fine, fine, whatever. And then like a few weeks later, we were on a work trip together. And at that point I just like, let it go. Like I'm embarrassed, but like, whatever. Yeah. Let's just be friends. And then she was like, you know what? I've actually had a crush on you forever. And I just pushed my feelings aside, but like, I really do want to pursue this, but like, I can't just like hook up with you. Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I'm like, I am literally getting a divorce. I am like, I'm not going to like, we're in a relationship. Like the, you know, the joke, it's like, um, what do lesbians bring to the second yeah. date? A U-Haul? Yeah. And oh, I'm like, oh my God. That too. But I was like, oh my God, like, am I like getting out of a marriage and getting into a same sex relationship? But I was just so smitten with her that I was like, yes, let's like do this. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I never thought it would go to this level. I mean, like almost six years later, and we're getting married. Like, I know, yes. which I'm so excited. You guys are a great couple. My Joe Thank is you. obviously obsessed with both of you. He's always I like, when are the tailors coming? Yes. When are the tailors coming? I love him so I know. Much. He was like, I mean, he hung on the two of you that whole night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I love him. The feeling is very mutual. We I adore know. you guys. So oh, my God. Him. We had such a good time. So I just, I mean, the whole thing is just so magical. I just love it. I mean, but you never saw your life like this. So I just love it. That, but I think it's what's so inspiring to so many people. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast, besides the fact that it's a pride month. So that's yeah, why you had it. it you, had it you had to kick it off for kick us. Yes, honey. Oh, my God. Wave that rainbow flag. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Wave that rainbow flag. But it's just like, so where do you see? Do you see like you writing your, a book? Like what's next for Taylor Strucker? Because you've done so much in your career. Thank you. I mean, and I mean, what's next? So much. God. Or just but like, where do you see yourself five years? I mean, not that you have to do anything more because you've done so much. Well, I want to be richer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be richer? That's what I always say. Like I, it's not about I, the fame. I like the money. Yeah, <laughs> totally. The thing I love about like audio podcasting radio is the longevity. So like, like a Howard Stern, honestly, even like Delilah, which is like such an obscure reference, but it's like, what a fucking career. Like, I just want to have that longevity. And like, even Tay and I've talked about like, she's like, do you want to like host a TV show, like a talk show, like an Ellen or like a, now like a Kelly or, um, Kelly Clarkson. And I'm like, you know, I do, but like when I've done on camera work, like hosting, I don't know. I just, I think I'm, I'm, I can do it. I'm a good host. I hosted totally younger. Can. 
I hosted the Youngest After Show forever, but like, I just fucking thrive with audio. I like love it. So like, I just want to figure out a way to like keep the audio going long term and just like honestly find a way to make more money with it. And then when it comes to writing a book, everyone always asks me about that. You know what I want to do? This is what I want to do. I want to write a book, but it's like, and you know how hard it is to write a book. You just yes. did it. Like, I don't think I'm actually a good enough writer to write a book. Like, I, I could see it as like a series. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So like, so like sell the, like write a book. Like I would write a book to make it a TV show. Like yeah. that would be yeah. like, like, you know, and I would just like, I'm kind of like wanting to move into like the business producing side of this industry too. Not that I want to ever fully leave the talent side, but like, I just feel like I, 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 I just like see myself like in the next five years, like moving more into that like side of the business too. I don't know. No, I, I like I like that side too. I always like to think of ideas and this would be great and this would look amazing. I, I understand that because listen, podcasting, you are behind the scenes. You're thinking of concepts and like people coming on and different guests and things like that. naturally bossy people. Yeah, we're all bossy bitches. You That's know? what I say. Like, totally. Yeah, I just, I need more people to boss around. That's what I want in the next five years. Exactly. Like, yeah, you want people to boss around. That's exactly. <laughs> We have three questions. We ask this to everybody who comes on because we say we're entrepreneur real. What is your most real piece of advice? Like for anybody starting a podcast, doing anything, the most real piece of advice, entrepreneur real. Okay. It's just be real, be authentic. Like, don't try to be what you think you're supposed to be. You're trying to be somebody else. Because even if it works for a little bit, it ultimately, you can't sustain like the facade for very long. So whatever you do, do it because it's like intrinsic to you or authentic to you. Because, and also now consumers, they can sniff bullshit. So, so that's my biggest piece of advice. Keep it real. No, I think that's yeah. so good. That's why so I say true. that a lot. Yes. Yeah. So we always say the secret to the margin success is 50% determination to 50% delusion. What would you yes. say your percentages measure up to? Oh my God. I need more delusion. I am such a worry wart. I'm always so scared and like thinking about the worst case scenario. And I swear to God, anytime I haven't like things haven't popped off or, or I felt like, like left behind, it's because I'm lacking delusion. So I'm probably like... I'm like 95% determined and 5% delusional, but I think I'd be more successful if I was a little bit more delusional. Okay. Well, you've been very successful, yes. but maybe we'll up the delusion factor because I said, if I don't believe my own hype, who will? True story. Yes. Uh, so true. Right? It's yes. so true. Right? True. Okay. So what was your, which I think I know it's going to be, but because yeah. you told us, but you've had a lot, you've had a lot of big girl panty moments, but what was your, you feel like your biggest big girl panty moment? You're like, how am I going to fucking do this? coming out on my radio show. Ooh. Yep. Harder than getting a divorce, harder than getting fired, harder than starting my own business. And also it was something that like I had planned and thought about doing for so long. Cause I was with Taylor for like about a year before my audience knew. So wow. and I'm not a secret keeper. So for me, like a whole year of, and like, that was like me coming out to friends, to family. My audience was the last, but I remember thinking, the only thing that can ruin my career is me not being me. And yes. this is like, I, like I, hated having that secret so I was so excited it was such a relief I was anticipating to like come out on the air and the second I did it I burst into tears and said that was the biggest mistake of my life I should have never told anybody it's private I should have never come out and it was like really it was coming out is so fucking scary however once you get over the hump then it's like, and then I started getting an outpouring of love and it was like so, so, so great. But like hands down, 
that was like the scariest thing. And to anybody, if you're listening and you are somebody that's maybe LGBTQ plus and you are, and you're like working up the courage to come out, I can promise you it will be hard, but once you do it, and it doesn't mean it doesn't resolve itself immediately, but like, once you do that, you can do anything, truly anything. Oh, I love that. That's such a great story. That's so true. And what a way to, what a way to kick off June. (laughs) Right. It's such a good month. I love that. Thank you for that. Tell everybody where they could find the amazing Taylor Strecker. Thank you dolls. Okay. Follow me at Taylor Strecker on Instagram and then um, definitely check out Taste of Taylor. It's my podcast with Dear Media. Every Thursday it comes out. It's free 99. And then my Patreon show, patreon.com slash the Taylor Strecker show. Um, It's like a daily talk show. I highly recommend cup, cup of coffee. Like for the whole month, just saying, just saying. That's how much it is. That's so good. I know. And Starbucks is such a ripoff oh, every day. Jesus. Even right? though I love it, I'm addicted. Right. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. you are a bargain and it's yeah. so Thank much you. more satisfying. It's, yes, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Starbucks, you get like, what? It's like seven minutes. It goes in, it comes out in one area exactly. or the you other. You pee it out, you get exactly. your buzz. You're like, I mean, a buzz every day, all day. So I Thank love it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so Thank grateful. You. This was so refreshing, energetic. I just adore you. Oh, same. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. And you're so adorable. Look at you. Just your smile. Everything's so infectious. I will love you guys. Bye. She's a superstar, empowering female. She's just the best. I can't tell you how much I love it. Her energy is infectious. And I love hearing all her real stories of, of all the, you know, honest, brutal moments that she's had to go through. But the thing, there was one thing that really stuck out to me is that especially coming out publicly, like she felt so comfortable to come out to people she knows. It's so sad that, you know, as we like we celebrate in Pride Month, that you still have to be nervous for your listener base to come out in a public forum. Like it could still affect your career. That, that upsets me still. It upsets that, me. Is, that is upsetting. And I think it's so important that, especially through the month of June, that we do be cognizant of of those things because yeah, and of people's feelings so and how yes we haven't come so far enough far yes there's still so far to go and that she said and it is true you know even though it's such a big hump to get over and it's the hardest thing you'll ever do well guess what then you'll you'll be able to do anything if that was very and inspiring. that was so that is so inspiring and i just love her and i i i, I do i really love it I have, I have the best time with her. i think she's so funny I, I fell in love with her the first time we went on I know, show. when we went on her show. But everybody should really listen to her podcast. Yes, you will laugh, laugh, laugh. So many good stories. I know. Well, Caviar Dreamers, I hope you enjoyed that, are inspired, and uh, kicking off Pride. So happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, Okay, oh I look everyone. like real shit. I look oh. really tired. I didn't sleep nope. well last night. Just everybody knows. If I'm low on energy today, it's because I got up at 2 in the morning because Joe... I don't know, I was reading in bed and the lights were on and then I could never, I couldn't fall back to sleep. So I was looking online to shop all night and there, was, there wasn't anything I wanted. This is terrible. 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 we got to get some shopping done for the summer. <gasps> I'm now so we tired. can get out of the house. We need some outfits. I know. I need some outfits, people. Well, if you have any suggestions on outfits that Marge should be wearing this season. Yes, send some in. You could DM us at Caviar Dreams, Jenna Fishbudge on Instagram. You mm-hmm. can listen to the podcast every Wednesday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, they're everywhere these days. And follow us at The Real Margaret Josephs and The Life of Mrs. B. Yes. And keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, caviar dreamers.